and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. And then my Wi-Fi said no. Here we are, though. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, welcome, everyone, to our... So, oh, I'm frozen. I'm, fr- I'm back. I hate back. this internet. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, technical difficulties. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> so we're back with our third installment for this weekend, and we'll be covering <laughs> the sequel to Stray's favorite film, Babysitter. Uh, <laughs> All right, <laughs> Charlie. Before we get started, welcome, welcome back to the show. Uh, Thank you, do you for have having any me. New projects or anything you want to plug? New projects? Yeah. No, <laughs> I have nothing going on in my life right. right now. I'm gonna call that a success. <laughs> oh, I I am looking for a roommate. So horror movie lovers out there, oh. hit me up. Yeah, you want to tell them what city you you in? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. uh, I'm in Chicago, Rogers Park. Got a good deal. It's a good apartment. I do a tour, but we don't have that much time. So it's the last one of the night. If you really want to do it, we'll make time later. No, no, no. no. I'd rather see your house and talk about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what tells you we need to talk about this movie. I saw both of these movies in the past two days, so for the first time. I saw them both today, and let me tell you, experience. (laughs) Well, let's get into it. Uh, Charlie, why don't you go with your first point? My first point. Um, My first point is that this movie was never intended to be made. They were surprised at the audience viewing numbers for the first one and the not horrible reviews. And we're like, well, shit, this didn't cost us that much money. Let's do it again. And they did it again, except. eh. According to Wikipedia, there's the threat of a third one coming. Yeah, I saw that. Which they set up in like the final shot of this of this one. And it's just like, if I'd seen that and I didn't already know there was a third one coming, I'd be like, oh, great, we're getting another one of these. And I'm probably going to end up watching it. But I guess that would be my first point. <laughs> you <love it. laughs> yeah. You can. <laughs> I, you know, when I saw um, this, I was like, is it kill? Is yeah. it Killer Cole? Because who's the Killer Queen? Like, I was just had a lot of questions going into it. Um, again, my point with these films, flip phone. I'm so tired of. I'm never gonna like let that go. Because um, this was 2020, and uh, yeah, just cast appropriately, like age groups. Just. Because everyone aged pretty, you yeah. know, it, you know, 2017 to 2020 was also a tough time for me. And it was for them as well. So, um, yeah, that's just how I felt. That's just like the quick point. I, I'm trying to pick one of the many points I have. Uh, let's just Wait. go with... Can I ask a question real quick before you you bring your point out? I wasn't here for the earlier conversation about the first one, so I just wanted to know if you guys liked the first one. We didn't specify if we liked it or not. We just talked about it. <laughs> we don't do that here. We just talk about it and like just hang out. That'd be a different podcast. Yeah, I- yeah. 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 It was mostly <laughs> negative things with a few positives thrown in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um I guess 
I guess my first I, my first point is just gonna be the twist was not a twist. Like it was very obvious from the no. get go. Mm. I was like, so Melanie is hanging out with a group that mirrors B's group in the last movie. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> we have Samara Weaving on the cast list. She's in these like flashbacks of being underutilized. So we're going to see her towards the end. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Cole just had sex. So like, this is not going to go the way they think it's going to go. Cool, cool, cool. Wonder if, and then I was like, oh yeah, this is the movie I saw five minutes into the movie. Cool, cool, cool. I'm glad we did this. I get the sense that yeah, they no, the, the movie came movie. out and then the they gave I don't know if it's the same screenwriter but I get the sense the movie came out there was no intention of there being a sequel in any way shape or form and then they wanted to do a second one and they handed it to either the same writer or a different writer and said okay connect it to the first one and that writer sat down and was just like what the fuck like there's the the connections to the first one in this are so they try so hard and it just makes the movie so confusing and it actually i liked the first one honestly um i kind of i kind of liked it on the same realm of how i liked happy death day i think happy death day did a much better sequel than uh babysitter did um but happy death day 2 is as good as it is because happy death day exists babysitter 2 is as bad as it is because the babysitter exists Yeah, because it kept trying to connect dots and do some like tie-ins, and I'm like, but those jokes in the first one weren't even good. So why are you referencing those? Like, leave the scene of the crime. Leave it. Don't be like, remember. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, what is your point? <laughs> um. So mine's gonna be a, a little different, probably. I guess, but I actually thought this one was a little better than the first one. At least comedy-wise, I actually found myself laughing a couple times where I did not laugh at all. Um, Were you specifically laughing with when Peter came the window and she fell? Probably <laughs> a little bit about a real. I I I chuckled. But yeah, there like, were a couple parts of this the where I chuckled. Fell through the window. And I didn't do any of that in the first one. <laughs> the first one, I was like, well, that was fun, I guess. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I did. I also enjoyed it. Oh. You're back. Hurry before you go away again. <laughs> you went away. Maybe you're gone again. <laughs> you We're just going to do hosts instead of talking oh, about this yes. movie. That's what we're going to do. What? <laughs> we'll just do that. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, and he's gone. No. The host got him. No. Right, Jack dropped in. <laughs> why, would you, why would you bring that in this space? Because I'm like talking about good movies. Right. <laughs> Amanda, what was that behind you? Oh, hell no. Look, I, I drew up the entire plot of this movie. So we're going to start here. <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> sex. We're gonna get on a boathouse. See, um, I think, I think the first one had its good. I chuckled at the second one a little. I think the, but I was like you said, Sheree. I was laughing at them. I wasn't laughing with them. But um, in the first one, I, I think there were horror elements to it that I actually enjoyed and and found to be horror elements, similar to Scream in a way. A little sillier um i think samara weaving held and the kid held that movie together and i think the kid being older made me like him less um this movie embraced scott pilgrim like nobody's business and it's just scott pilgrim's that style is never going to be scary in any way so this felt more like a horror comedy that just went way too far on the comedy than the horror. I lost the the point of the whole story in the first place. That's my issue is that it tried too hard to be funny. And like one of the first rules of comedy is to not get caught crying. 
but it was all like, here's a joke. And it's like, nobody wants it. And they're like, well, here it is again. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> and they did it for an hour and 40 minutes. I don't get why the parents were in it at all. I don't understand yeah. why there were so many subplots outside of the kids because the, yeah. the kid alone with the, the babysitter and the group in the first one, that's the best part is that he feels so isolated. I don't need all these scenes of his dad getting high with like the neighbor guy. Juan. I mean, especially when they're just not good with Juan, Juan, as he says. Um, Let's talk about Juan. He's one of my notes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Why is his name Juan? For who? For what? I think it's an aesthetic joke. He's white and Juan. That's that's the entire joke right there. I guess that would be cool if we were in kindergarten in the 80s, but like these are adults making movies in 2020. And did did he have a name in the first one? It was always my dad. I don't think yeah. I don't think he did either. I don't think he did. Yeah, I did enjoy that they gave the parents more to do, but they overutilized them in this. I thought they underutilized them a little bit in the first one. I think they overutilized them in this one to where it was just mm -hmm. too much. They gave them no purpose, which is a problem because like in the last one, I was like, Leslie Bibb is right there. Give her stuff to do. And they were like, we'll almost give her things to do because we need to pad this, but we won't give her like an actual purpose or an arc. And I'm like, so you wasted her again, but you wasted her time as well now. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this this whole thing can be very nitpicky. I mean, this movie is obviously not meant to be taken seriously, so we could like nitpick every moment of this movie. But I, I, I think at this especially with horror comedy, that's important. Like Evil Dead, especially when they go into Evil Dead 2, has some established rules that stand between both movies. They're very different movies. But this movie, just bringing the original, the core cast back at all, bring, especially bringing them all back and then making it seem like, okay, we can kill them again. It's like, you you can't. You just, you ruined the rule of the movie. Like horror movies need some rules, which we've talked about a lot and about various other movies. But if the entire core cast that were all killed in the first one are back and you can somehow kill them again, what's the point? And then in the end, they all come, they kill them all and then they all come back to life again anyway. I mean, it, there's, there's no stakes in this at all. And and the 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 humor doesn't work if the horror, I, I fully believe that if this movie had been scarier, it actually would have been funnier. Two. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There were no stakes, which I also hate a movie where there are no stakes. Because I'm just like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? This is drinking water. Like nothing's going right. to happen. I did kind of like the way that they did they didn't give um what was her name? The new uh the new blonde Phoebe. girl. Oh Phoebe. No, oh, or Miranda. Miranda, I like that she was just Melanie. kind of evil, or yeah, whatever her name was. Mel Melanie. Melanie. Miranda. Grace. Oh yeah, the girl from the. No, Melanie. Girl, yeah, because yeah. Melanie. Melanie's in the first one. Right, Melanie, but they just yeah. they, they didn't give her like a sad backstory or like, oh, she's doing this for no, she's just she's just a she's just evil. Um, and I thought it was weird that they tried to give the babysitter this like redeeming arc at the end to where she signed this deal with the devil to save Phoebe's life. And now she's all, I, I yeah. Especially because the math does not add up because she would have met Phoebe before coming to Cole. So she's still killing kids or killing kids if she needs to, but like not on the ultimate plan. <laughs> And then, like, he changed her because he said he loved her. And I was like, no, this feels like Samara was busy and you only had a couple days with her. So you were like, let's make something up. Also, what was up with her hair? I was just about to say, especially based on the wig that she was wearing, you could tell they were like, they had her for like six hours and then she had to go back and start filming, go back to filming Ready or Not or something like that. Like, she had to get back to her real career. And so they had six hours <laughs> to film her. So they 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 were just like, yo, where's Maris Targaryen wig in the trash? Cool, let's grab that and just put that on her. And and we'll be good. She looks fine. Um, and she's smart weaving. But 
I will say the one there was one moment in this movie because they play it like three times that actually did kind of like make me oh a little bit is when they the car accident with Phoebe's parents and B doesn't make any sense like the whole idea of she told her parents to go get it but then she I, I don't know it doesn't make sense but you don't often see in car crashes an actual human body falling out of the car with the crash you normally just see the cars crash and that's it but they uh, that was a pretty graphic thing to watch this body fall out of the car and hit the rocks down below at the same time so i will give them that they went for i think they went for gruesome uh on a very very heightened scale and it succeeded like two times maybe in the movie i don't know i wish i had more positive things to say about this film it's just the I, the whole time I was watching it, I just wanted to turn on Happy Death Day. That's, that's what I was franchise. feeling. Such a better franchise. How did we? Uh, how did we feel about uh, Phoebe, Jenny Ortega, Jenna Ortega's character, the new babysat child? <laughs> she actually looked like a teenager, in my opinion. Looked like a teenager. Did. And I'm excited that she's in the new Scream movie. That's all I can take from it. I can't. Well, I like that her. Movie. I, I like her yeah. as an actress, yeah. She's in You, the TV show, which is... Yeah, she's in You, and I, I really liked her in You. Um, that, that show's scary. Uh, I, I liked her. She just, she felt... The what? My fridge is scarier than this movie. <laughs> Mine smells scarier than this movie. Right? Ooh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think she was good. I think just oh, that's that's Quincy. Uh, I think she was good. Uh, I just think her her character made no sense to me. There, she seemed like based on how they describe the timeline, it kind of seems like she should have been like ten years older than Cole. Uh, the whole thing would yeah. just didn't, and I don't know. I I I, I don't. Know else to nitpick there's just there there was nothing about this movie that i honestly remembered as a poignant moment there there were moments from the babysitter like the first moment in the first one where they shoved the two knives into the guy's head like as the first mm -hmm. kill that's a striking moment but in in this one you just you expect it you guess you're just gonna be like i'm along for the ride but i'm yeah. riding the lazy river here <laughs> yeah um the lake, when they all went to the lake, it looked cold as hell. Like, they picked the coldest day to film because it was so windy and everybody was with their shirts off and they're like... And no one was in the lake. There was no one in the lake. They were all no standing in this, like, parking lot area party. I was just like, what is... This? They're freezing right now. It's not working. I... One of the things about the lake that also bothered me is that Melanie's plan was basically B's plan. Which hinged on him taking drugs, and I'm like, this did not work the last time. Why wouldn't you have a different plan? Yeah, uh, I will say. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'd say you do that shit in the water, and we had the same movie, but on the water instead of in a house. I didn't like the the framing device of people not believing him. I think the the events of the first movie are just too insane for people to not believe him that this stuff happened. Um, but I, I, I kind of, one of the things I thought was funny was the way they play off his parents dealing with his mental illness or his insanity now. All the pill bottles lined up on the counter and, um, you know, the them talking behind his back. But the funniest thing, the point in this movie where I did laugh was when he finds the pamphlet, the brochure for the psychic uh, like asylum academy they're going to send him to and there's a note card on it just a post-it note on it in big bold sharpie letters that says today or thursday 1 p.m like they needed this reminder that they were taking him to the psychiatric hospital on thursday at 1 p.m and put it in big letters on the brochure and left it out there's no way he's gonna it's just like this big like oh, thursday it, right. at 1 p.m and he happened to put his literary paper on right on top of it so that he would have to pull that up. Just like, <laughs> yeah, so many things. Oh, and the weird rapist in the middle of the desert. Yeah, they, they hang out. What was that about? That was one of my notes. 
Can we stop this randomly inserting pedophilia in things? Because it's, it's not funny ever. It's not funny. Yeah. We're done. No. And it just it, it it served no purpose. But that's 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 this movie and its jokes. They don't serve a purpose. Like none of the jokes, the only jokes that were callbacks to previous you can't really even really say setups, but previous references are all references made from the first movie. There's nothing in this movie that's really set up for a joke or a bit in this babysitter two universe it's all based on either the first movie or throwaway things that don't matter in the long run i, I think that's that's the the ultimate downfall is that nothing that happens in the movie actually matters really um god what a broken waste <laughs> critique a movie it doesn't matter it's like high school it doesn't matter that's what i tell cole look it's like high school this whole cult satanic you know you know, vir vir virgin thing, it doesn't matter. It, it just get out of college and you'll be fine. How did? I, I think it was Amanda's turn. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I I mean, I was, I made a point in a note. I was like, I was kind of interested if he didn't go with Melanie and went to the psychiatric and like, where did the demons go in there? Like, how do you play that off then, right? Like, do they come back and they're part of like, it's like a cuckoo's nest mix with a little honestly gothic <laughs> like what is happening? you know but like with teenagers uh or 30 year olds playing teenagers so like i mean that could have been scary though that. asylums are scary in general right i don't trust this team in an asylum to not be offensive That's oh true. yeah because that was one of my thoughts is like the the joke that they made about like medication that people take and like you saw the girl who's dealing with OCD and I was like is that really funny and is that like I don't know it felt really kind of cringy to me the one that got me was the psychiatrist because the psychiatrist is also the nurse and that's a whole running joke and I mean don't get me wrong I know Kanye West makes it hard to say nice things about him I know but like let's not do a bipolar dig Especially when it's not even a it's not even a joke that makes sense or is funny. It's just like we're just saying things to be saying things. Aren't we cool and shocking? And you're not. I mean, this is this is another great example of adults writing teenage dialogue um, and sort of taking teenage, middle, or high school motifs and sort of throwing them in. This is like this is like a forty year old or like a, a fifty year old tried to write super bad. Uh, it's just, it, it, super bad's funny, but it's good. It was written by people who, you know, were closer to that age that, uh, you know, they were writing it's clearly not written by people who understand sort of what type of humor were like the, the pedophile thing, which we just, you know, mentioned there's certain concepts in horror that become not funny or even just film in general that, you know, they pass they're not anymore. And I think the people writing this are writing about 10 years ago. Um, and just exaggerating how much teenagers swear and have sex and, and talk about having sex. And uh, uh, like the the one guy, I don't even remember his name, but Melanie's boyfriend, you know, they, in one shot, they turn around and he's doing like finger bang through his through, you know, his hand sort of thing. And it's just this is not yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's if they were writing the 10 they, years ago. It felt like quick. the movie they the, wanted when they were kids in the 70s. That's right. what it felt like. Mm. Right. And if it was 10 years ago, the flip phone might have worked. Damn. <laughs> Cole's aesthetic. He's over here in like weird fabric suits <laughs> and flip phones. And I'm like, you have bigger problems if your parents believe you or not. Why are you in a different decade than everybody else? But then like Melanie was like, I'm the new beast. So I'm going to also dress like I'm in the 70s. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Let's pick a decade and live in that and see if we can solve at least that problem. Yeah, because that whole lake house. And he's like, oh, no, the shag carpet. And I was like, what, what's happening? Yeah. Are we? Why do you have shag carpet? It's 2021. <laughs> that sort of thing. That's a, that, And that's like, 
I think of I always think of It Follows when you talk about like setting in, in horror movies because It Follows we we really don't know it's set. They have all this 70s furniture, but they have e-readers, you know, you never see a cell phone, so we, we don't really know what era it's in because it could <clears throat> be based on where they're living and what neighborhood, but then there's various little teeny pieces of technology. It works really well because we don't know when we are. Um and here the the thing was just the first movie was so clearly set right now that um you know it's it, it, doing something like that just it's it's so obvious it's just they're trying to to pull off a style uh god i'm trying to think of something about this movie that i liked i really am i like the soundtrack again the soundtrack was kind of fun they keep ruining queen and i don't know who keeps letting them have access to that catalog <laughs> Oh, I do have a question though. How did everyone feel about like the flashback scenes that showed like the demons? Which did they call them demons in the first film? I don't think so. At least I, I don't remember it. They were supposed to be teenagers, which is why we were like, "This age don't make no sense." Um, I did not enjoy the flashbacks. They didn't add anything. We didn't already know, yeah. so it felt more like padding. And giving Samara Weaving some stuff to do because you only had her for the one day on the beach. Well, it, they confused me because I thought in the first one these were all just – I didn't think these – in the first one they were demons or anything. They were just living people, right? right? They, they, they weren't right. demons in the first one. So, but And then they do these flashbacks and it's like her seeking these people out. But I'm not really sure – if she's already dead, I'm not really sure how she knows them. Um, cause I doubt she's going to high school, just biding her time. Um, uh, I don't know any demon that would necessarily do that, but, uh, uh in, yeah, <laughs> some Buffy vibes, just, just in high school, being a demon in high school, you know, uh, but they, they confused me because especially with John, when he's, he's trying to have a music career and the flashback, it can't have been too long ago that she was recruiting these people. And in the flashback, he's got this whole different, he looks like he's in the seventies. He's got this track suit on, he's got this whole different haircut. So I'm just, it, it didn't give any, there was no chronology to, to comparing the flashbacks to now. I did, I had no idea how long ago they happened. Yeah. For me, it, it just felt so aesthetically different in the first movie with the flashbacks specifically, whereas like any good franchise Scream, Friday the 13th, Halloween, you know, quality is questionable as you get further down the line, but like the aesthetic is usually somewhat the same. Like Scream and Scream 2 are similar films. Uh, Friday the 13th, part one and part two are similar-ish films. I felt like with adding those flashbacks and the like 80s, weird gaming thing which brought me to scott pilgrim versus the world or whatever that movie's called uh it just didn't feel at all like the first movie it felt like a completely different franchise yeah um i just it, they added nothing we learned nothing about these characters we didn't know aside from what they were doing for work or aspiring to do for work and it was just kind of like a, hey, we're about to kill this person. Here's more time with them. And we don't want more time with them. I mean, like, I've done the Apple thing where I look at people who have Apple products because villains are not allowed to have Apple products. Like, that's a thing. If you're evil, you're not allowed to use it. And you go back and you see Melanie's has a regular laptop cover. And then you see Cole has, like, an Apple product, right? When he's like FaceTime, you're like, oh, we already know you're giving me those little hints of like advertisement too. But yeah, it was just, that's all. <laughs> yeah. They just, the, up top, they were like, Melanie's evil now in case you missed it. And I was like, you could have waited. You could have tried to yeah. hide that. Um, because again, it's been two years. And they're not together, and she's dating the jock, which again, that's not Melanie. Uh, and her friend group is like eerily similar to bees again. And it's just like, why are we even not even trying to hide this? Like, right. we could try. And she was involved in the first film on, on his side. 
And when he's like trying to get everyone to believe him, she's kind of playing both sides. That's when I was like, she was straight up gaslighting him, and she was like, mm-hmm. "We're supposed mm-hmm. to talk about that, but you were supposedly hiding and afraid for your life with him, and now we're not supposed to talk about it." Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so you're the new villain. I guess we're gonna just sit with that for the rest of the movie, and then we did. Look, <laughs> we did, and I was like, we could at least like try and like. Do something different, do something cool. But no. Does gasoline really shine like that in the water? <laughs> That's what I was like. Does she have superpowers? Like, what is going on? <laughs> in this music video, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, what were you going to say? Go for it, Amanda. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, why Tom and then Diego, who who they gave him, like, let's give him the stereotypical, like, dialect, right? Um, and make him really dumb again. And I was like, cool, didn't you just do that? Oh, yeah, you did. Great. Um, you did this with the other person of color. Cool. Uh, why did they blow up? So the other girl was a sacrifice then, right? Or of the group. Yeah. Yeah, and then they blew up because they were already demons. They had already signed the book too. Yeah, I guess. I guess, right? Because who knows? And I was just like, ah, did you? I feel like that when I do a Biore strip. Have you ever done that? And you're like, just take me to hell. Just take me to hell. But like, <laughs> um, it made no. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> It was just, it was just chaotic chaos. It wasn't even neutral. It wasn't even, it was chaotic chaos. And who yeah. was writing the dialogue for Melanie after her turn? Because plan B is not just what I take on Saturdays. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, 40 year olds, 40 year olds were writing the teenage dialogue. Right. Same and as Euphoria. Her, <laughs> her dad threatens to take her IUD. That's like, that's, I, I don't understand that because I feel like they just said, okay, he needs to threaten, like he needs to punish her, but he needs to do it in a way that's like weird and different. Like something that has to do with, with teenage girls. Like what, what has to do with teenage girls? Oh, teenage girls like having sex, right? Oh, but teenage girls don't want to get pregnant. Uh, you know, maybe he, he takes away IUD. That'd be funny, right? It, this is like that episode of South Park where the the manatees, uh, uh, you find out manatees are writing Family Guy jokes. You guys seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is that. This is that. I feel like they were sitting in they were sitting in a boardroom and someone would walk in and say, "Hey, man!" Like the 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 takeout delivery guy walks in. They're like, "Hey, man, do you do you have a joke for us? We we need a joke in here somewhere." He's like, "Yeah, what if?" Some guy threatens to take away his daughter's IUD. Like, wouldn't that be funny? Isn't that funny? Is that even possible? Can you just be like, I, buy it, buy it? I don't think so. You didn't get doctors involved. It's not just like right. a yank and go situation. Like, but also, <laughs> but also, it just Juan's character. I don't understand why he was there. I don't understand what his purpose was, other than to be funny. Even and when she why, his arms off and he's still talking, I'm just like, can we just kill him already? And why was he so different? Like he was a yeah, he was completely different person in the first movie. Because yeah. stoners are funny, I guess. I mean, they can be. Um, <laughs> I'd be curious. Yeah, yeah. I'd be. I'd be curious to. I mean, honestly, I would never really have any interest in pursuing a discussion with the makers of this film. But if I was locked in a room and they were forcing me to listen to their creative decisions, I would be curious what, because no matter what you do, you know, inspirations from other films come into play. And I'd be curious to hear what they would, you know, uh, use, uh, have mentioned that they thought of as inspirations. Because I can see Scott Pilgrim, obviously. Um, you know, I, I got a little bit of behind the mask in here. Scream was a big part of this, but I I don't have any real reference point as to 
what inspired this film. Like this was again, you know, you, we all hear that thing about how Netflix just puts lots of money into a ton of different projects just to, in case one of them hits and the babysitter just didn't fail bad enough for, for them to warrant, you know, just making a second one. I, that that's how this whole thing feels. This whole movie feels like a cash grab. Even Samara weaving is standing there going like, wow, I'm, uh, this is an easy paycheck. For I got me. A paycheck. She's been, yeah. She's been doing great. You know, since then ready or not is like, Ready or Not is like one of my favorite horror movies of the past five years, I'd say. I mean, even Mayo was fun. This was the worst I've ever seen her in, and I felt bad. I wanted to help her. I want if she was my friend, I would just like bend her to be like, Are you okay? (laughs) I had a, I just had a really interesting thought because the writer is completely different than the first film. Um, and what's his name, McG? McCorder Pound. Quarterbounder. <laughs> um, he is one of the co-writers of this film, and in the last, in when we were talking about uh, the first one, uh, the gas Saxon brought up that the the apparently the original script is completely different, or not completely, or somewhat different than what was the final product. Like the stereotypes weren't there, the original script. Um, a lot of this stuff. So I'm curious if that original writer was like, y'all done fucked this up too much. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I I just want someone to do something right for John because John's character is such a throwaway character who just does all the stereotype things. And even when dying, manages to get a black power out for no fucking reason. Just, just... Yeah. Again... I, I'm sure all the writers were white. I didn't. I have not looked them up to know, um, but I'm sure. I have the because we watched this movie. I wasn't. I, I wasn't happy with the lack of Jewish representation in the Babysitter Two Killer Queens. Um, I thought there was a severe lack of bar and bat mitzvahs happening in this movie. If they're gonna do something around teenagers, there should be. I don't think that's so hard. Um, especially if they're dealing with demons or dibics as we call them. Uh, yeah, I, I was very disappointed in that. Um, at least there was no HIV jokes. <laughs> a step up, I guess. They set a low bar and they almost stepped over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, something I kind of was not mad about. I felt like Sonya was giving me Aubrey Plaza energy this time around. And she as did an kill actor. the rapist. She did as an actor, not like as a character. I thought yeah. <laughs> oh, she was doing new and exciting things. I've I've loved that actress since Pitch Perfect. I think she's actually really funny. I mean, they didn't give her anything to be super funny with in this film or the first one, but in Pitch Perfect, she's hysterical. I mean the the cast themselves aren't the cast isn't bad. Like I I mean. I don't know. I don't know if Bella Thorne has much more to her than what she puts forth in this movie. But um, uh, the guy, I don't even remember anyone's name, but the guy who's shirtless the entire time. I actually like that gag. I like the gag of this guy just being shirtless the whole time. I think that's funny. He's also hot. You know, yeah. So he's also hot. So I don't have a problem with that. And I think his embracing his douchebag rat boy character is fun, you know, especially because he does meet pretty gruesome ends. Uh, particularly. Uh, John was great. John seems like he's a really great actor that would do well with a, a better written part. Um, I mean, of course, Samara Weaving. Melanie was honestly my least favorite of the entire movie, I think. Uh, I, I thought, you know, I actually really liked her in the first one. I, I In the first one, I thought, this is, you know, oh, this actor is, uh, you know, she's young. She's, she's really pulling this off. She's relatable. She's empathetic. And I think if they hadn't introduced her, we talked about Trent, you mentioned that you kind of liked that she was evil the whole time. And I definitely get that. I mean, I, I think if we had, if you take Phoebe out and you just put Melanie in that role and then have her do, and have her going through this with Cole again, and then have that flip happen at the end, like maybe when they get to the beach or whatever, um, that would have been infinitely more interesting. I would have had, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I had, scream you know uh uh like ideas ideas of like scream in my head watching this which this seemed like it was trying to be you know scream uh three um 
but uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think I think there were some pretty I think there were some pretty easy ways you could salvage this movie. I don't think it's a lost cause. I think you have the actors. I think you have the. It's certainly well. I think it's a pretty movie. I think it's well shot. I, um, you know, I, I actually like the setting they're in. I hate the whole thing of like teenagers going to a lake, especially when there's like two thousand of them, and it's like someone's parents know this is. How did you get? all this shit up here like someone's parents know this is going on and someone's calling right cops. like phoebe phoebe hitchhikes there and in it with some guy you know in, in a in a like a giant My like <laughs> tanker truck i mean it's just I, I get it's for laughs and it's supposed to be silly and funny but i you know there's two thousand kids in, in this high school at this lake and there probably aren't even that many kids in, in that in like the school <laughs> Yeah, well, honestly, that we're at the lake. How did more of them not die? If you're gonna have that many kids on a lake with house with boats and jet skis, how did more of them not die? And where are we? Because Amanda, you brought up last time. No idea. Trying to guess like what state we're in. Well, we're there's a desert, a suburb, and a, a fairly large body of water, lake, no. ocean, beach. I don't know, I, Arizona, but I don't think there's big lakes in Arizona. I don't know where we're at. It's warm. We're in convenient land. Missouri. Convenient land, Missouri. Yeah. Do you think if the movie had embraced even crazier levels of humor, like there's this, there's always that interesting aspect of the, when a movie decides to go full on, you know, humor or just take it completely over the edge. And sometimes that works. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head right now. Ah, I guess happy death day too. Uh, but um, uh, do you think if this movie had really taken it farther and, and say given it a cabin in the woods, you know, ending where this whole thing was just set up and there was this big sort of, you know, nonsense twist at the end. Do you think it could have been better? Do you think it would have been better? Is there anything you think you could do to make this movie better and at least leave more of an impression because i just watched it last night and i already don't remember a lot of everything uh, that what? happened fire mcg <laughs> yes yes, yes. fire mcg fire mcg I, I honestly thought oh go ahead trey oh i was agreeing yes <laughs> um i was gonna think in my mind when it started when cole was like nobody believes me i was hoping he would come back and be like now he's got to fight the next round of babysitters right like the book keeps getting passed on in some way, maybe it's not B, but B gets to come back in different forms as babysitters taking over the innocent. And I was like, that would have been more exciting to me, right? To not have these people back, but like, who are the next round? Like, mm -hmm. is the mm -hmm. as long as the book exists or we see B's existence, this is never going to end. And it doesn't. We don't have to bring them back. It was fine, right? Because right. they're dead. And so, I, in my mind, I would have enjoyed that more, where Cole's, like, fighting against that. But um, that that required thought and excitement of change. McGee so ain't got that. McGee ain't got that. Cole, the babysitter slayer, would have gone on for at least two more movies. <laughs> Sugar least. Ray didn't write that song. Um, I actually... <laughs> I actually, <laughs> I for a second there, right after the whole twist of she's evil now, I kind of thought B had like possessed her in some way. Uh, but of course, and that would have been a more interesting choice than what they did. But <laughs> that was not the case. I, but I think that in order to make this film better. I think I agree with what you said earlier, Charlie. It, instead of being funnier, it needed to be scarier. It wasn't scary at all. Whereas the first film wasn't that super. What movie is it? Like the scariest movie I ever saw in my life? No, but there's some jump scares and some ominous things happening. And this, there's nothing. It's almost like a Disney Channel movie without all the gore. If you cut all the gore and the sex, <gasps> Halloween Town was incredible. <laughs> um Halloween Town 2 Calabar's Revenge. Revenge. Talk about scary. <laughs> Something else that salts my teens about these two movies is that 
All of I the learned characters. a lot about you just now. Oh yeah, using that now. It's ultimate teens that all of the characters are constantly just like, let me give you exposition and explain what's going on because the movie don't make no sense. And so they were like, instead of us explaining things, let us have Samara Weaving walk out of the water in this bad wig and explain what has just happened. But it still didn't make sense after. She's explaining it and I'm sitting there like, that That doesn't line up. That no. that timing doesn't match up. Um, I, oh, oh, okay. I mean, sh sure. And she walked out of that water completely dry. I mean, she's the devil. Well, she's evil. So, like, I guess evil Satan's doesn't get Satan's got work. powers. Satan's got yes. powers, y'all. Right? He, he, learns he, he learns since the Wicked Witch of the West. He knows. He's learned our wicked ways. <laughs> it's just, it's such a sad affair. I don't even know what to do anymore. Can we talk about how up top, before it completely went off the rails, it felt like they were setting it up to be like a slumber party massacre two situation? Of let's go to the cabin. And then mm -hmm. I was like, okay, we're gonna do that. But like, you're also gonna like bring your friends and like try and get his blood anyways. And then they're like, no, let's take it to the beach. <laughs> let's get on this little water. We haven't done this on water yet. I, will they do it in space <laughs> the next time? Like, <laughs> what are if we gonna- following, If they're following in Jason's footsteps, that is the next step. That's the next step. I don't want babysitters in space. <laughs> <laughs> the babysitter X. <laughs> I think I would bet that tension was to have Samara weaving more involved in this. And then they could, cause I, I mean, not that it's ever going to be granted. I'm actually not a huge fan of Friday the 13th, but not that it's ever going to be Friday the 13th, but um, a babysitter series. If you're going to do a lame franchise, a babysitter series where she is the consistent throughout like or even someone mentioned her taking other forms. If B was the consistent antagonist throughout, it at least gives it a bit of a through line. Even to the degree that um, in Scream, Ghostface is the is the antagonist. Ghostface is someone different every single time, but Ghostface is the antagonist. Here, you know, making it Melanie and then the original people who were never that scary in the first place, Samara Weaving is the scariest part of the first movie. Hmm. Um but um, uh, maintaining, if you wanted to create a horror, I can't say icon because she was never going to become a horror icon in the Babysitter series. But if you want to create a consistent antagonist, uh, that wouldn't have been a horrible thing to do. I think that, yeah, I think they just couldn't get her back to do, yeah. you know, what they wanted her to do. And I don't think they she probably wanted way more money. True. And I don't think they know who their antagonist is. Because even in the first film, it was really murky. Like, it starts out, you think it's B, but then she saves him and kind of has this remorseful moment. And in this one, she has this whole, like, I tried to save your life, so I decided to deal with the devil thing. I don't know. Like, who is the antagonist? Again, she, she blew the cheerleader's head off in the first one to save him and then put the gun down. But after she tried to kill him all night, but also, right. Phoebe was out there this whole time, and she like made this pack for Phoebe's life. And so, who is B? Do they know who B is? I don't think they know. I don't think so either. Will she turn again? What? <laughs> I think that this whole thing started with an idea, probably from the original writer, that it would be a fun, campy idea to have a babysitter serial killer. Which, okay, yeah, that, that flips stereotypes on its head. I love it. But then they got McGee involved, and he McGee'd all over the shit. And now we've got two McGees and no original content. Oh, that's big messy. You know what? Now that I was thinking about consistency, I mean, yeah. Everybody, the demons came back with new outfits, except for B. And Shirtless Man. What he had the same thing? Man, but they came back with a new wardrobe. I was yeah. like, it was like when they upgrade the Power Rangers when they went from the plastic suits <laughs> to the spandex, and I was like, you can't do that. But they were in yeah. color. They did have the Power Ranger colors though, because John was in red, um, the girl was in yellow. Oh, oh my so, god! Uh, I mean, was in black. B is in Power Rangers. Is they're, the they're the Power Rangers. I mean, based on the, the 
No. Based on the outfits that they they come out wearing, it kind of seems like hell isn't necessarily such a bad place. Like it's pretty styling. You know, they're all right. they all come out of that. They all come out of there being like, "Hey, all right, let's do this. This is cool. We're gonna kill some people." You know what? Um, <laughs> it, it and then it doesn't seem like they're uh, they they don't strike me as people that have recently been uh, just existing in a void of 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 terror and evil. Um, you think they'd be a little more dedicated to the the project, you know, to completing the project if uh, if that were the case. You're in limbo, yeah. I'm like, where are no goals? Do they have goals, Kev? <laughs> is is hell a mall? Possibly. Mall madness. Well, and like, yeah, it. I yeah. There's so many questions and no answers. Because <laughs> like. Your kid drove a car into your house. The babysitter is missing, but you don't believe him that shit went down. And there's the also dead bodies everywhere. The quarterback's like, dead. They, yeah, the cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah, there's the dead bodies everywhere. They weren't. Go ahead. If they weren't demons in the first one, then there's dead bodies everywhere. Obviously, this kid didn't kill all of these people. I mean,. He's like, I what, 12 bodies, years old? I thought the bodies Those were gone. That's why they couldn't figure out what happened. And also, the well, whole idea behind the pact with the devil is if you do this ritual, you get everything you want. Well, they're already dead. I don't Cole's get it. Cash. Cole's cash. Get more Cole's cash. Get more Cole's cash. <laughs> this was all... Can we talk about how the quarterback is still overly invested in Cole? Like, even as he's dying, he's like, yeah, you got some, dude. I'm like, what is your deal with this kid? Like, shirtless man. It's a little homoerotic. Yeah, but that's why I like that guy. That's honestly, he. I think he's my favorite of, like, the stereotypes. Just because he's such a he's such an idiot. He's such a douchebag. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think he... I think he's my my favorite of the the group of misfits, the uh, teenagers with attitude. Um, <laughs> he's the most consistent. Yeah. Yes, he is. He he's is. the most and if he is the most consistent, he is indeed the most consistent. Bella Thorne is also just so bad. Just so bad. Just stay on OnlyFans and stay. Just leave it to the OnlyFans and make you money there, bro. Just do that. I will say when Max had when you catch him at when he's at working at a diner or whatever he's doing, at the, and he has the name tag on his and he's shirtless. That did make me giggle. I was like, and then I thought for myself, ridiculous. Men who wrote this want to be Max or do him or both? Whatever. This movie was written. This this movie was written, produced, and and filmed by straight people. Like this was a oh, very straight people movie. This this movie had this movie to me had no queer coding whatsoever, which you don't need no. queer coding, but honestly, it probably would have been more fun and relatable if there was some queer coding to this mm -hmm. movie. Like even even make it all the time that they spend in the first one and the second one talking about how Cole has never had sex and he doesn't, you know, it's like there there wasn't even necessarily a gay joke about Cole and I don't know if they were the movie was screaming for it. Like they were setting it up and they never did it. And I'm wondering if it was just a bunch of straight men being like, Oh, we can't do that. We can't, you know, they did a straight, they did a gay joke in this movie though. When they get that two minutes in the closet or whatever, he, he, other guys like, uh, I'm sure he's really familiar with closets. Oh yeah. They do that one. Then oh, yeah. it never, you know, it never happened. Make again. him gay. Make him actually gay. That would have been better. I think that would have been more interesting. Have have the the main lead gay character be the one that fucking kicks everyone's ass and puts all the demons to bed. What a great coming yeah, out an uh, like metaphor you've got going on there. That would have been a fun movie. I wonder if he was gay in the original script. I wonder if that's one of the changes. Maybe so. Because uh, yeah, I want to read that original script because I bet it's ten times better than what we got in the original movie. I want to read it. <laughs> Saxon and I will read it and let you know. I I just Thank think McG. I just can't trust anybody named McG. I'm gonna blame him for all this whole thing. McG, 
If you're listening, stop. Go back to Sugar Ray. I'm sure they don't have any jobs right now. Do a video for them and leave us all alone. I told Sheree this film was like, the first one was a music video. The second one was a music video for the band that reunited for another tour, but they made one hit and nobody, when everyone's tired of it. So it was like, stop. Just stop. They're like, here's our ballad. And it's like, we don't want that. I mean, the, the sad thing is, I, if the third one happens, I will probably watch it. And I'll hate myself for doing it, but I will probably watch it. McGee has the weirdest filmography. Like, Charlie's oh. Angels and Charlie's Angels 2 and then Terminator Salvation. Oh, that was like, what? <laughs> Those whole jokes about Terminator in this film are just masturbation for him? I hate it. So that's why, no, but that's I why they him. talk about Terminator in the movie so goddamn much. Uh, I hate McGee. <laughs> Salvation was the worst. It explains everything. That was bad. And they talk about Terminator so much in the movie. Like, it's cool that Phoebe knows about Terminator. Like, a, a girl that knows about Terminator, she Ooh. must be meant for Cole. Right? She drives just... a picture of Picard. Did he do the dust? Yeah, yeah. What? Did he, like, do, did he drink the duff? The duff? Probably. Do you have a... Yeah, probably. D-U-F-F. Because the guy who plays Max was also in the Duff, and he was terrible, and he was the same freaking character. <laughs> he he produced the Duff. He did not direct the Duff, but he produced. Amanda, the you're Duff. you're. A I just was like going back in my mind memory of these actors, and I was like, why do they all look familiar? Which also has Bella Thorne in it. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving the planet. Like Elon Musk is on Saturday Night Live. I'm gonna mess with him real quick. <laughs> I bet Jimmy G produced tonight's episode. But like, like who, <laughs> who takes a man named Mick G seriously? Like Netflix. Mick G does. I have a questions. Apparently, and so does Netflix. I want to be like Netflix. Like my name is a real person's name. It's Trent. Will you produce some of my work? No, okay. My name is Big T. Oh yeah, well, right on in. It's my nickname. Okay, well, okay. Well, if you don't or, or just, just have like four names. Is that four names, sir? Trent McGarity Cole Simon. Yeah, the new movie from Trent McGarity Cole Simon. Absolutely. I will watch that. <laughs> Thank you, you Amanda. Do you hear that? Do you hear that Trent McGarity Cole Simon is directing the next Blade Runner sequel? Yes, all four of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We, well, we're getting close to the hour mark. <laughs> oh my god. This conversation went faster than that movie did. Oh, that movie's still happening somewhere in my subconscious. I'm gonna have to have another drink. I'm not gonna lie, I hit that 10 second speed up forward a couple of times. I was like, we are still in the desert. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was bad. It was, yeah. Yeah. Like I said about that. Do we have actual hot takes to cram into these last few moments? Or because this whole episode was a hot take, basically. Is there anything I left? Mean, I said mine. McGee, get the fuck out. I, I think a hot take, I don't know if I, if this is necessarily like a hot take, but we had talked um, in the Scream episode about how Scream kind of, in my opinion, messed up horror for a little bit because it got really meta and gruesome. And horror has certainly had this renaissance in the past decade, especially I would say maybe like 15 years now, that's been great. And we've been getting so many good movies, indie movies, and even Netflix has been a good proponent of having those more independent films, those hidden gems. And this scares me a little bit in that these movies, because especially they're Netflix films, these movies, are the ones that are going to start getting more, you know, advertising behind them and more recognition and more. There's a movie on, oh yeah, no, I just, that's why I just listened to the episode. You guys did um, the interview for one BR and mm -hmm. one, be one bedroom. And uh, uh, I, I never would have, there was no advertise. There was no like marketing behind that movie. Mm -hmm. that, the movie was great. That movie was yeah. a great hidden gem. I didn't expect that at all. But, and that's a Netflix, you know, 
owned entity. And uh, but this babysitter too. These are the movies that are going to start going out as the as a, this wasn't even a horror movie. Like I can't even put it in the horror genre necessarily. Um, but I, I'm worried that these sort of movies are going to become the most prevalent, and we're going to go into back into a genre of uh, a generation of horror that's kind of a schlog, um, uh, almost to the degree I think superhero movies, where they're all starting to kind of just blend into one thing. I, I kind of see a lot of these horror movies doing that. Um, at least the ones that are going to be in the mainstream. Uh, I, I think movies like it follows or the witch are going to start taking back seats uh, again, unfortunately, but hopefully not. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but this movie de definitely made me think of and fear a trend starting from this getting such, you know, promotion. They, they popped it out so fast after the first one. So it's just, you know, yeah. but taken. That's what I mean. I mean, I was about to say, I, I wrote that I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried because I agree with like Charlie. It's like Netflix, right? We have our, if I, how many kissing booths are there? Like how many of those and how many boys you used to love who don't love you because you can't figure out your crap movies are we going to see? But that's what they like, right? This audience wants, I don't know. If you put like zombies in Bridgerton, maybe I'd watch it more. I don't, like I'm trying to figure out like, but that's what they want. They want these sexy leads who can like, I think breathe, but not chew gum and breathe at the same time. And you're like, Oof. Um, <laughs> in these films and it's not, it's not good. I mean, I always thought the horror movies, like some of these performances should be nominated for awards because I mean, like you think of like Tony Collette, like I was like, she got robbed. Like get her a freaking award. Are you kidding me? And some of the cinematography and sound in these films are incredible and the work and it's not given that kind of platform. And and now I'm scared, like as Charlie said, that we're go we're taking it down a step, right? I'm too scared, I don't wanna watch it, but if you make it funny and about sex, that's what we like. And I'm like, is it? Is that what yeah. we've become? No. It's it's becoming all an algorithm and that is, it's taking all the creativity out of it. Taking all the creativity and I'm just, is that's I think that's idea. what killed this whole series. Like I said, I've been saying this forever. I really want to read that original script because I think, I have a gut feeling, that it's really good and it probably is really creative and it's all the, all the shit we said about the first one and this movie is probably handled and handled really well. But then you had Netflix get involved and put fucking McGee on it and just added all this fucking nonsense and bullshit. I mean, think about a movie like behind the mask, which it always boggles me when people, I mean, I hope I, 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 if you guys haven't seen behind the mask, see the behind the mask, but that is a, that is a perfect horror comedy. Like horror comedy is tough. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very, very difficult line to, to tread. And behind the mask is actually like, we talk about the sex and the violence and everything. It nails it. And the style with which it nails it is so incredible. And it bums me out that, a lot of people I know who love horror have never even heard of this movie. And I would consider it like a peak of horror comedy. And it, it goes to show that it can be done very well. And it can be just as good as some other horror movies that I've seen and just as scary, honestly. Uh, but it's just not going to be as relatable. So they're not going to put anything behind it. So if you haven't seen behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon, Oh my God, go watch it. You'll love it. Guaranteed. My hot take is the same hot take I always have, but we have a moving example on this live box situation right now, um, which is if you're going to have femme characters and people of color in your work, you should put them in your writer's room and listen to them. Because even if you don't let them save this shit show, they could have like helped you not have things like Black Hour be one of John's last lines. Um, and they could have helped you not objectify some of your women. But you know what? I just keep saying that. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> that made no sense. That came out of nowhere. nowhere. He, I mean, he said that and I was like, what the fuck was that? Right. I mean, we go back to Black Lives Matter in the first film. It, all of it, none of his lines really make sense to me. Like, 
Some of them kind of are funny, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Not really. I don't know. I think he can be funny. I think he's an animated yes, actor, goes, and I think he, yeah. But but that was just that was so bad. That was so on the nose. I mean, everything they gave him was just upsetting. Like even when he was twerking when they were like threatening Cole in the boat. I was like, why, why? Yeah. Um, another horror comedy I want to throw out there, Sheree, you'll agree with me. Um, if you haven't seen Tragedy Girls. Go watch mm. Tragedy Girls. That is yeah, a fantastic. Tragedy Girls is great. Comedy. You should yeah. watch it in the next two weeks. Next week. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be. It's Hulu, but it's like a two dollar uh, rental, and so worth it. So worth it. Yeah, because it's uh, on Hulu, but it got taken down. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Tragedy um, Girls is phenomenal. That's a whole other thing because, like, it's definitely ten oh five. But like, I was talking about Tragedy Girls again. Like, we don't have a reason you should watch it this next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then our guest up, we like, did you do another episode before my episode? And I'll be like, on accident, yeah. Oops. Um, I forgot that, that episode hadn't been whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> behind the mask. Uh, behind the mask is on Amazon. Just so everyone knows, okay. it is behind the mask. It's on Prime. And I would even say Freaky is much better than this as a horror comedy. Like, it has its issues as well, but I laughed sometimes. Anyway, we're, we're, we're getting late. <laughs> and I can yeah. talk for hours. Um, so, join us. Thank you all. Thank you, Charlie, for joining us today or yeah. tonight, whatever time it is. Um, and tomorrow. Time is abstract. It's man made. That's what I keep telling people. Like, I, if when I want to be off work, I made time five o'clock. Bye. I think I anyway. think we've learned from this movie that chronology isn't necessary or doesn't exist. Done. True. This is a town that time forgot in this movie. <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> or Kansas. One or the other. Good. Nebraska. Um, yeah. All of us so, could be anywhere. <laughs> tomorrow we'll be starting at 1 p.m. with 1 p.m. Central with Hush. What? <laughs> Bye. Stay fierce out there.